All right. Good morning, church. Is everybody ready for Christmas? All right. Now, last week I had you raise your hands. Who's done shopping? Let's see those hands. Who's done shopping? Okay. All right. Who still has shopping to do? Uh, I better get my hand up right after church. That's what I'm doing. I got to shop. Well, I know that we're going to be ready. I I believe that God wants us all to have a good Christmas. And uh, this morning, we need to pray for someone. We need to pray for Carolyn Griffin. Uh, Many of you know Willie and April. Um, So it's uh, April's uh, mom. She uh, passed out in the parking lot, and they took her to the hospital. So um, that's happened before, and... uh, we want to, but it doesn't matter. Anytime you do something like that, I mean, it's, it can be real serious. So what we want to do is we want to join together and pray and believe God, and we know that they're going to have a good Christmas too. Amen? Amen, church. Uh, amen. All right. So let's get a hand in the air, and let's agree, and let's pray right now for Carolyn. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just speak to Carolyn's body, and we say, be made whole In Jesus' name, as the saints agree here this morning, Lord, we stand on your word that says, by your stripes we are healed, and we just come against this attack of the enemy in her body. We just come against the the systems that were shut down, and Lord, we just speak new system right now into her body, new organs in Jesus' name that would function properly into the blood right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for healing, touch, and strength in her body. We thank you for the doctors having wisdom concerning her and that she'd be raised up out of that hospital today in Jesus' name. We will accept nothing else but today coming out in Jesus' name. And so, Father, right now also, I thank you for this word this morning that you've given me to bring this morning. I thank you that you are bringing life into every barren place. And this morning, I thank you that we can focus on you this morning to receive. And, Lord, you are the giver of life. And, Lord, we thank you for life this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, God is good. He's good all the time. And, you know, lying in a cradle a long time ago uh, was Christ who was born in this stable. And this morning, I want to talk to you about from the stable to the table and how we, uh, how we got there, just a little piece of it. Because, see, there's so much on how Christ came, was born in a stable... And then he was brought to the table of the Last Supper. And so as we end up this morning, we're going to take in communion and do that in remembrance of Christ and how he died for us. But see, there never would have been a death without a birth. And so we've got to talk about that birth. And we're also, you know, like I said, there's so much there and there's so many people that God used during that time, and we're going to focus on just a couple this morning, primarily uh, Elizabeth and Mary. And, you know, on the front of the communion table, we usually we find these words, this do in remembrance of me. And when we do that, it's, it's you know, that's because, and when we put that on the, the tables and, and, and you see that a lot of times, we do that because it's a time of remembrance of the difference that Christ made, because without Him and what He did and what He came to do, the mission that, that, that He was here for, without that, we wouldn't be sitting here this morning, in this place this morning. 
we'd be doing something else. But we wouldn't have that last supper without that stable. And in Luke chapter 1, I want to read several verses out of there this morning. And so we're just going to read, uh, there's 80 some verses in this, this chapter, so we're not going to read all of them, so we're just going to select a few. And then we're going to talk about some of them. It says, in, starting in verse 5, it says, In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. So I want to speak... Pay special attention to verse 7 here of how that Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years. And then in verse 11, it says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. How many would be a little afraid if an angel just somehow appeared in your room? I, mean, I think we would like to think that, oh, we would just be nice and calm and everything, but... I don't know. I think we would all be just a little afraid. We may tremble a little bit. And if we hadn't gone to the bathroom in a while, well, you get the picture. All right, so verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet, yet in his mother's womb. And then we drop down to verse 24. It says, After these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me, to take away my disgrace among men. So I want to keep that in mind, this verse here in verse 25, that this is how the Lord dealt with her and looked with favor upon her and took away her disgrace among men. And in verse 26, Now in the sixth, sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And so we keep that in mind, that she found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she was called barren in now her sixth month. 
For nothing will be impossible with God. Can you say amen to that? And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And so what we see in these verses here, and what I got out of this after I read the whole chapter of Luke 1, is that there were a few people who were really instrumental during this time that God was going to use and was using. And the thing is about it, you know, and this is not going to be the typical, you know, Christmas message, even though we're looking at the, the quote, Christmas story, and we're not talking about the movie, The Christmas Story. Uh, we'll leave all the BB guns at home. So, uh, the thing is, is that I, I want to focus on a couple of things that shows how that these are two people who were the most unlikely to be used by God. These were two very unlikely to be used for this situation. But see, that's what God does. Is He uses the most unlikely people for Him and, and does the greatest things with them. And, and that's what really amazes me and blows me away. And I never can look at myself in the mirror and say, well, I'm a nobody, God's not going to use me. And you can never look in the mirror and say, I'm a nobody, God can't use me. Because that's nothing but a lie, because the Lord uses the unlikely. The Lord uses the lowly, so to speak. He uses these people who, you know, nobody would look at and say, oh, there's no way. And in verse 7 and 36, we see that Elizabeth was called barren. And when we hear this word, you know, barren, we think of a desert. You know, really, in, in today's age, that's what we think of, you know, barren, we think of desert, you know, a dry place or something like that. You know, because barren's not a word we use anymore in, in the sense that they were using it here, which is for women who could not have children. We, we usually just don't use that word. But, that's, but Elizabeth heard this word. She knew this word. And this is what was said about her in her community that she lived in. This is how she was looked upon as, oh, that woman, she's barren. That's it. You know, that woman, she's barren. She cannot, you know, there, she is a disgrace. God must be upset with her. God must be mad at her because she hasn't had any children. And that's how they were looked upon back then. If you didn't have children and have a lot of them, you were looked upon as, oh, God's upset with you or God's mad at you. How many know that's just a lie, right? It doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what you've been, if you've come to God, you've come to Him, and it doesn't matter if you've had children, if you haven't had children, or if you've been married, if you haven't been married, it just, none of that matters. What matters is, is that you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that you call Him Lord, and He looks down upon you, and you are His child, and at that moment, from that moment on, you can be used for Him. Period. Nothing else matters. But see, we look with our natural eyes and we'll see others and we see them in a different light many times based on their stature, how much money they make maybe, how they're dressed or their clothes, or we may look at them and, and, and wonder why they do this or that, and we get it all twisted many times. And that's what was happening with Elizabeth. The, the people around her in the community that she lives in, were, were, they were getting it messed up. They, they had this thought, oh, she's barren. God's not going to use her. It's too late. She's advanced in years. It's all over with. But now we see that in verse 25, 
This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. God looked at her despite her being advanced in age and said, they have served me faithfully, they have favor with me, and now I'm going to take away her disgrace and give her a child. And I'm going to use him to pave the way for the Savior. Isn't that awesome? And when you really think about it in those terms, it's really, really awesome. This woman who was advanced in, in years and was beyond the childbearing years, God was going to use this person to pave the way for the Savior. The one that was going to come before. John. John the Baptist. The one that was going to come and pave that way and baptize Jesus. That's really good stuff. I said when we think of the word barren, we think of, uh, of a desert. You know, when Moses was leading the people out of Israel, they were grumbling and complaining. They were in the desert. They were wandering. They're complaining some more. And then they're complaining some more. They're thirsty. Like, we don't have some water. So they're complaining some more. They're walking. They're tired. They're thirsty. And Moses says to God, can you give them a drink? And so I'm paraphrasing big time here. Okay, this is TJ's version. Okay, Moses like, can you can... You give them a drink. And he didn't just give them a drink. He gave them like, I mean, it was gushing water. It says abundant. It says abundantly. And see, that's the thing. When God looks down and we go to God, when we look to Him, we get in His Word, our eyes are focused on Him. When we ask of Him and in faith and we're believing, there's a geyser coming our way. It's not going to be just this little trickle of this little water. There's a geyser coming our way because God is making life in barren places. God brings life to barren places. Elizabeth was barren and God brought life to her. Amen? So, God makes life and He gives it abundantly. In John 10, Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. That's why Christ came, so that we can have that same abundance. Abundant means this, beyond measure, exceeding, over, and above. He doesn't just make, you know, life happen. He makes it happen abundantly, exceedingly above. And just like we, we studied and we went over in the, in the previous message series, you know, exceedingly above all that we can ask or think. That's what God can do. When we, that's how He can answer prayer. Exceedingly above all that I can even think or imagine. And when I look at that, I, sometimes I scratch my head a little bit and I think, well, God, I, I can really think about a lot. I could probably think about a lot. You know, I was watching a show and there was this show about this, this, uh, this genie and he gives three wishes. And as I started looking at that you know, show, and, uh, you can, you, when you wish, you can get anything you want. And I started thinking about it. But, he says, those wishes come with a consequence. And there's a consequence to those wishes. And the thing is, is when God blesses us, there's no consequence. There's nothing. He's not a genie. It's not magic. We get in His Word. We pray. We get before Him. And when He blesses us, He chooses to do so abundantly. And He pours it out. All we've got to do is receive. All we've got to do is believe. Elizabeth and Mary were in positions where they believed so that they could receive the blessings of the Lord. They didn't reject it, they received it and believed it 
And they were then called blessed, and they were blessed. So God had a plan for both of them. And God's got a plan for us. Some of us are already walking in that plan. Some of us, you may be figuring, trying to figure out, I don't know what God's plan is for me. But I can tell you right now that God has a plan for each and every one of us to make a difference for Him while we're here on this earth. For somebody else, somebody else needs you. There's no doubt in my mind. I can say that confidently, that when you come to Christ and you're here, God wants to use you to touch somebody else. Because it goes back to that first and second commandment. We love God, but then we've got to love others as ourselves. And as we love others, as we step out and love them, we're touching them, we're ministering them. That is definitely part of God's plan for your life, is to touch somebody, to touch somebody else, to love somebody. That's the whole reason He came. God so loved the world... He loved us. He sent him to to hear. And now in turn, we've got to go and do the same and love somebody else. Amen? I just might start preaching. Okay. But it's easy for us many times to look around at our lives and think that God has somehow forgotten us. And and the thing is, you know, I look at Elizabeth and and I look at that, you know, here she was, those years were gone. And it's only natural to think, well, God probably passed me by. It looks like God's passing because nobody my age is giving birth any longer. But see, it doesn't matter what your age is, God can birth something inside of you. God is ready to do that as long as we're willing. And that was the thing. God knew that Elizabeth would be willing. He knows everything. And so that's why He sent the angel down to Zechariah and boom, there it was. And now she's pregnant. It's just so awesome. You know, sometimes we go through stuff. And we may, you know, go, I don't have no idea why I'm going through. So we may be thinking that. You know, I have no idea why I'm going through this. Why I had to go through And then we can look back when something happens. And, and then we can look back and we, you know, something good. And then we realize, oh, that's why. That's why I, you know, went through that thing. Because now I'm stronger. I'm stronger because of that. Oh, you know, maybe you went through that thing so God could use you to help someone else so that you understood what that was like and now you can minister to that person. Maybe God's plan wasn't fully ready yet so you had to wait and and just be patient so you would know and understand. And that was the thing about Elizabeth. You know, she may have been thinking that God had passed her by. And then when she heard that news and when she found that she was pregnant... Just imagine, now she's going, oh, now I know why I had to wait. Because my son is going to be the one going before the Christ, the Messiah. Isn't that cool? You know, and then you look back and think, now I know why. And then what do we do many times? We go, oh God, I'm so sorry I doubted you. I'm so sorry I doubted what you were telling, you know, that, that, that you had forgotten me. I, I, so, Lord, forgive me. You know, and so we have to do that many times. So we've got to be patient. And, you know, Mary as well, you know, you think about her. She thought that there is no way that God had some big plan for her. Guaranteed, because in verse 48, we didn't read it, but it said that, you know, she was of low estate. That's, you know, she was lowly. She thought of herself as lowly. God looked at me as such low estate. Why? Because she lives in Nazareth and nothing good, right, supposedly came out of Nazareth. Nothing good came out of that neighborhood. How many times do we look at certain neighborhoods and we go, eh, that's just, eh. No, man, there could be some gold mines in that neighborhood. Amen? 
There can be some good stuff. And, and you know, Mary, she had to be thinking that because that's what everybody else was thinking about themselves. She was in a place, in a neighborhood, in, 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 a, in a society, in that, in that area that everybody was of this low, lowest stature and that's what everybody thought. But God knew that she would believe it too because she waited. Even though they were in this place and she's in that place, imagine her grandmother said it that the Messiah was coming. Her mom said the, the Messiah was coming. The aunt said, everybody's been saying for years and years and years, how long are we willing to wait on God? How long? We, imagine how long these people were waiting for the Messiah to come. And so she had heard it. She knew it. She said, you know, so she'd been hearing this. And when, she, when the angel appeared before him, she believed it. That God found favor on me. She blessed the Lord. After that, we'll read some later. But it says that she blessed God. She blessed God because God saw to use her. I'm this lowly person. God saw to use, use me to go and do this. It just blows you away. So we've got to be patient. But many times it's hard because we don't wait well. We, <laughs> think about we don't wait for a lot of things. We wait for Christmas morning. The children wait for Christmas morning. We wait for family to come over. We wait for the toast to pop up. When our last toaster went down, we got the new one. The new one was just slow, man. It was just slow. It was like an extra minute to get that. How long does it take to get the bread brown? You know, we wait for, we, we wait for the little plastic doohickey on the turkey to pop out. I stopped waiting on them. That's why I fry them now. It's 40, 40 minutes, a lot quicker. We wait for family to arrive. Our computers to boot up. An important phone call. Then we, you know, during these holidays, we wait for the family to go home. Because we've had them. Right? We've had enough. No, if you're family and you've come visited, that's not... They weren't thinking that about you. Not you. I'm, we're talking about some other people. We wait on a lot of stuff. We get impatient. We use someone else's computer. It takes one minute to boot up instead of the 15 seconds like our computer. And we're like, come on, get going, man. Because we just can't wait. It's just so slow. We, we don't wait much. But Mary was waiting. And she was ready. Imagine what Elizabeth and Zachariah was going through. Imagine what Mary was going They were waiting their whole lives for this event. Their parents, their grandparents, they've been waiting for this. They hear this news and they had a part to play. Mary and Elizabeth, yes, they had an integral part of God's plan. There were others. We've got Joseph, the innkeeper, shepherds, wise men, and more. I mean, there's so many different ones that were an integral part of God's plan. And we have a part to play in God's plan for the salvation of this world that we live in right now. No amens. I'll take it. I'll take it. Can I get another amen? We've got a part to play in God's plan to bring salvation to this world that we live in now. Just like they had a part to play in the plan for the salvation or for bringing in the Redeemer, the one who is going to die for us. We've got to look out for the God moments. In verse 41, Mary goes to Elizabeth, and she tells her about this encounter that she had with the angel. And it reads in 41, it says, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. If that's not a God moment, I don't know what is. I mean, can you imagine, you're coming, you know, and you feel inside, and then you are automatic, you're just right then and there, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And there are many times where we get a God moment. How many of you just, you've had a God moment before? And just look at those hands. Just get them up nice and high. You know, you've had a God moment where God spoke to you or you felt something on the inside and you just knew it was God. I'm going to tell you, I've had people come up to me and they're telling me their story of something that's happened, that something that take place, took place and it was really good. And they're going, they're telling me this story and I'm going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're like, and I know it was God because, and they say why, and I'm sitting there going, and I'm just not feeling it. I'm not. But they are. They are. I have no, you know, I don't know if that was God or not, but they believe it was. They felt it on the inside. They had the God moment. I didn't have it. I just didn't. Now, it was cool, or it might have been cool, and some of them I'm thinking, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, God bless. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't know about that one. But they had that God moment. They had that. God spoke to them. God used them. I especially love the ones where I hear somebody came into work and came in and then they said this and I said that. And they started crying. I started talking to them and they prayed right then and there. I love those kind of stories. We've got to look for those God moments. God to be speaking to us when that door opens just a little bit so we can run through it. Because God wants to use us just like God used Elizabeth, God used Mary, God used these. God wants to use each and every one of us while we're here. Amen? This brings us to the table. In Hebrews 10.10 it says, We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. See, Jesus was God's gift for our redemption, but it was made possible by His birth. His death was made meaningful by His life. And then the life that He gives to us. And see, that's the key. See, we had a plan. And God, you know, God had a plan. And God gives it to us. And then we've got this plan that we've got to go and we've got to fulfill. And it starts with just reaching out, touching someone else, loving someone else, loving on someone else, being there to serve someone else. That's all the word minister means. We're all ministers. And so we serve somebody else. We find somebody else that is in need, we see that need, then we meet it and fill it. Amen? Those are God moments that Mary and Elizabeth had. And these God moments brought Christ through those 33 years and brought, us, brought Him to the, where the Last Supper took place, where He was with His disciples. And He sat there. And then after that, we all know, you know He went to the cross and He died. And after that, He's sending that comforter to each and every one of us. Therefore, we have His Spirit within us. We can be led by His Spirit and we can fulfill His will for us here on the earth through Him, what He's done for us. And it's all because what started with an angel coming and talking to Zechariah and then the angel coming and talking to Mary and Joseph being willing and the angel talking to Joseph. It all started right there with those God moments that they had, with that babe leaping inside of her, her being filled with the Holy Spirit. My hope 
is that this morning and then through this Christmas season that it won't just be the same Christmas thing where we get caught up in the busyness because listen, it's going to be busy for me too. I'm about to leave here, go get in the madness and stand in line at the register and do all that stuff. It's maddening out there. The parking lot, you're going to park a million miles away. You're going to walk in the rain. It's supposed to rain this afternoon. So if you're going shopping like I am, you're going to be in all of that stuff. And the thing is, is through all of that, can we look to have something birthed inside of us? Can we look and experience and have a God moment and be willing to step out of that aisle at the store or wherever it may be and do whatever God's telling us to do at that moment? Can we do that? Can we have some God moments during this season right now to set us up for 2014 to be ready for the next year and where God can give us a word where we can seek God? God, you know, this is when you know, we celebrate Jesus' birthday, so to speak. This is when we do it, whether it was the exact day, 25 or not, I don't know. And you know what? I don't care. I just know we picked a day and we do it, okay? And it works for me. So let it work for you. Okay, don't get hung up. Just... It's your, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want me to do for you? Can we do that? Can we say that to God? Can we honestly look and say, God, I'm ready for that God moment that you can give to me so I can do something for you for your birthday. What do you want for this year, 2014? Every year in December, we should be getting set up and, and asking God, saying, what do you want for your birthday? And then carry that out for 2014. Amen? That's what we should be doing every single year in December. Because I guarantee, you know, how many want the same exact thing every single year for Christmas? I don't see too many hands. You know, you're tired of getting the underwear every single time. You're like, please, no more tube socks. They're overflowing. I can barely get the door shut as it is. If I get one more tie... Some of us, you know, we've got those things. You know, it's like we get it every single year. It's the same thing. God wants something different each year from you. It's not the exact same. He's constantly moving. He's not in one place. And the question is, are we going to move with Him? There's a different encounter that God wants you to have this year as opposed to last year. There's, some di- there's a different door that He wants you to run to, that He wants you to open, that He wants you to go through. There's somebody different He wants you to talk to this year. Guaranteed. There's more that He wants you to do. There's more service that He wants you to do. There's more that He wants you to reach out to. In Luke 22, and we're going to end with this here and and have communion because this is the Last Supper. And this, we started in Luke chapter 1. And see, we wouldn't have Luke 22 without Luke 1. So now we're going to read in Luke 22. It says, when the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it. And gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward, if we could. And we're going to 
um, have the communion. And this morning, if if you do not want to, you know, receive communion, just you can just politely you can just uh, uh, let the ushers know that you won't be doing it. But the word communion is an action word, which means fellowship, participate in, share together, have in common. Have in common. And this is something we all have in common here this morning. Something that we are all brought here together. And that's that Jesus was born in a stable. Then He went to the table. And after the table, He died for us. So we all have that in common here. That we receive Him, that we believe that. And if you don't believe that this morning, I want to give you an opportunity after we're done here this morning to come to Christ, to come to Him. The observance of communion, it's, it's not just keeping a dead memory alive. It's entering into the presence of the one who lived, died, and was raised from the dead by the power of God. And He's alive forevermore. He's alive in me. He's alive in you. And so it's not just about just, oh, we just, we just remember just, just, just one little thing. God, God wants to do a work inside of us when we do communion, when we have communion together. He wants to do something inside of us. Because above all, it's that He is present with us. He's present here. He's present now. He'll be present with you on Christmas morning. He's with us all the time. And so when we do this, we're remembering His death. But this morning, we're going to kind of combine it just a little bit. And we're going to remember because this, Him going and having this last meal with His disciples and then going to the cross, it would not have been possible without His birth. So it's full circle. It's full circle. Jesus wanted to have communion with His disciples. He wanted them to think often of Him. He wanted them to walk as He walked. And He wants us to walk well. And so as we look for those God moments, and this morning, that's what I want to do when we partake of the communion this morning. I want to believe God in taking communion. That as He came to the stable, and there were God moments created for these individuals, Elizabeth and Mary and the others. And then as he went to the table, and then as he went to the cross, you know, I I want us to believe and say, God, you know, I I want a God moment. I want a God moment. They had a God moment there at that table at the Last Supper. They just, they had a moment right there with him. And I want to believe God that we can have a God moment this morning, that God can speak to us. And if there's anything that you're going through, a bad situation, maybe Maybe even the holidays are just, it's not a good time. The Christmas season, you know, everything. It's, maybe it's just not because maybe it brings back a bad memory. I want us just to lay that at God's feet this morning. I want to just lay it at His feet. Lay everything down before Him. See, that's the thing that we can do. Because we brought our sins to the cross, we can lay down our burdens right there as well. Anything that's concerning us, anything that we're believing for, we can just bring it all to Him. At the Lord's table, we call to mind the high cost of our salvation. It's free to us, but it costs Christ dearly with His body, with His blood. 
Okay, is there anyone else that needs to be served? If you just raise your hand just to make sure that we, we got everyone. I want to make sure that everyone is uh, ready. I'm going to give Rogers a chance to bring the tra- trays back to the table and to... Mm-hmm. How many this morning, you've got something you really need to believe God for? How many is here you, you need to believe God for? That's what we're going to do that here this morning. We're going to do that. How many is ready for a God moment? You need a God moment. Mm-hmm. We're going to believe God for some God moments here. For God to speak to us and do something inside. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, we'll go ahead and... Um, and what I want us to do, I want us to pray, and we're going to believe God for those God moments and thank God for His body that was broken for us. Father, this morning we just thank You. We just praise You. First of all, that we're able to come here in this place that we're able to be here. And we wouldn't be here without, Father, you sending your Son, Christ, to be born in a stable and then go to that table and then go to the cross. So, Father, we thank you for sending your Son. And Jesus, we say thank you for coming and being willing to die for us. Lord, we thank you for your blood that was spilt for us, and Lord, we thank You for Your body that was beaten, that was bruised for us, even though we didn't deserve it. And Lord, as we partake here this morning, I am believing for a God moment in my life. Lord, I thank You for speaking to me. Lord, for what You want me to do for this year, for 2014 coming up, Lord, even during this time, during this Christmas season, Lord, I thank You for just opening doors for me. I thank You for opening doors for those here. I thank You for giving them a God moment. Lord, we lay down everything at Your feet that concerns us. And Lord, we're believing in the things that we're believing for. I thank You for strength and faith to believe that we will have those things that we say. In Jesus' name. If you want to hold that up, Lord, we just thank You again for Your body that was broken for us. And Lord, we give you praise and glory for those stripes that you took for us. Lord, we do this here this morning in remembrance of you. You may partake. And now we hold up the cup. And Lord, we just thank you again for your blood that was shed for us. Lord, the blood that washes our sins. Lord, the blood that goes to war for us and fight for us. Because we know that Your blood covers us and protects us, Lord, and keeps us. Lord, we give You praise, glory, and honor. You may partake. Father, I thank You for this morning. Lord, I thank You for Your Word. And Lord, I thank You that we wouldn't be too busy this morning. We wouldn't be too busy tomorrow. We wouldn't be too busy this week 
to experience you and to experience these God moments that we've been believing for that we gave to you just now. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, Lord. Let's all stand right now. I just want us to praise the Lord for a moment. I want us just to worship for just a moment and praise Him and thank Him. It's just praise, worship. Let's lift our hands to God, Lord. We just worship you this morning. Lord, we praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you that you are with us. Lord, I thank you for those God moments that you're giving to us. Lord, I just give you glory. We give you honor, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we just give you glory, praise, and honor, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we just lay down at your feet. Lord, if those things that concern you right now, just give it over to God. Right now, before we leave, we just take an extra minute or two. Lord, we just give it all right now over to you. Hallelujah. We give our job situation. We give finances over to you right now. Lord, we give our health to you. We give our children to you. We give our parents to you, Father God. We give our families to you, Lord. Lord, at this time of Christmas, there's so many things maybe we had on our list. But Lord, I know that everything that's on our list, that's on everybody's list, is Lord, that you would move and work in, in our families. And Lord, we just lift up our families to you right now, Father God. We just thank you for salvation for those that aren't saved, for strength. Lord God, for those that are saved, Lord, and strength to, to be able to, to do your will, Father. Lord, we give you glory, we give you praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for continuing to speak. I thank you for continuing to speak to each one as we leave here today and as we celebrate you, Lord, this week. May we just always hear your voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? He's good. He's good. He's good.